So I got kind of lucky with my college experience because I had to basically take a class in the first term of an educational year, which meant that I was done. But I got to walk before I actually took that class because I didn't want to wait a whole year to do the whole graduation rigmarole and everything else. Right. So. Mm I graduated college before I was done with college, uh, which if you're in college, you'll know that's just such a reason to party. I mean, we just have to, everybody has to get together. We have to party and celebrate this because technically I've won. I've gotten the degree. I have it in my hand, but I haven't finished it yet. So me and all my friends, family, cousins, sister, everybody's out at the bars. We're taking, we're taking shots. We're drinking beers. My buddies and I actually decided to trade punches that night. We call it the great graduation night fight. We just (laughs) stood outside and punched each other for a little bit, kind of like Rocky, like no blocks allowed. You just have to take it, you know? So fast forward, my sister kind of babysits us all that night. She gets us all back to my apartment and puts us all to bed I'm laying in bed. I decide to turn the TV on and what comes on, but a blast from the early 2000s past the ultimate rock ballads commercial. Do you guys remember ultimate rock ballads, 10 CDs of all of your favorite eighties rock ballad hits. You remember it? Yeah. What, what year, what year were these made? It was like mid two thousands. Maybe this would have been like 2010. The commercials would roll through all the titles and you'd see like a little photo of the front of the CD. And then it would be, just these weird photo backgrounds that moved slightly with the songs over top. I'm a fetus. I really don't remember that, but keep going. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't play it on the fetus channel, unfortunately, but it was on every other channel. Uh, They had one of the guitar players from Poison presented. Anyway, the reason that people remember this commercial, Caleb, is because it was an outrageous price. It was like 200 and some dollars for a 10 CD set of songs that have existed for 30 years at this point. (laughs) Jeez Louise. And you know what happens when you graduate college, all your family comes in, you have a big dinner, and they all do what? They hand you money. They just, there's no gifts. You don't get a George Foreman grill. You get money. So I was, as I thought, swimming in the cash, and at like three in the morning, I called the 1-800 number, no website. No. I called the 1-800 number and I bought Ultimate Rock Ballads, 10 CDs of all of your favorite rock ballad hits from the 80s. And um, by far the worst impulsive purchase I've ever made. I got no <laughs> value out of that. It was None. stolen. The whole box set was stolen out of my car two weeks later. Shut I didn't even up. get to like, oh, I didn't even get to go on one 80s road trip with this. So... I thought I'd ask you guys, because my story's so stupid and long and drawn out, drawn out and boring, do you have any really dumb or regrettable impulsive purchases that you've made? Nope. I'm perfect. Um, no. I, and there you have it, I, folks. I honestly don't have any uh, that come to mind. I mean, I, I've, I'm racking my brain right now. I, I don't know. I, I just, every impractical thing that I want, I ask for as a gift. So it's not my money spent on it. I love to spend my parents' money on those type of things. And so they'll give them to me as gifts. And then when I buy something and when I want to buy something, I do hours of research behind it. Even if it's like a $20 product, I'm going to do hours of research behind it to make sure I'm not wasting my money. So. I don't think so. Maria, do you have any impractical purchases as bad as Marcus's? I'm so torn. I just want to say that shopping with you, Caleb, sounds like a funeral procession, okay? Yeah, because my, that, my I, girlfriend I like, hates yes. it. My girlfriend hates it. Yeah, I'll stay home. Thank you. But I, I think Maria's <laughs> got something. I can tell because she's been smiling, and I know Maria's more like me than she is like Caleb in this right. So let's hear it. <laughs> 
Um, so I'm really torn. I'm I'm gonna share a quick one and then the real one. The quick one is: Have either of you heard of a fushigi ball? No. No. Is that like a Furby? No. It was actually another infomercial situation in which um, very similar concept to the cds that you purchased there was a fushigi ball that used to be on the infomercials like at the same time as those little woolly worms that used to roll around on your fingers on their own but it was like this magical ball that you could hold in your hand and you could go back and forth with your hand and it would like fake float i have no idea what the science behind all of that garbage was because it did not work but i thought it was really cool and i was like hey we should get one of those so me and my sister pooled together all of our garage sale money and tour money and bought a fushigi ball which then destroyed our DVD player as we were trying to do magic with it back and forth, back and forth, falls straight on the DVD player, and it became a much more expensive venture <laughs> than we had originally thought. So all okay. the money's gone, and then we owe our parents money for a DVD player. I do remember these things. They were they looked like a gravity-defying ball, basically, yeah. but the, the way the infomercial was done is there's clearly people that knew how to manipulate it in a certain way to make it look like it was floating, and very then you ordered that. it, and it, it was just a ball. It was just a heavy It's a very DVD heavy ball. It's like a teeny tiny ball. bowling ball, and it was very huh. heavy. Um, I've but, never heard of that, but that's the short story. What's the long story? Um, it's a shorter story, bigger purchase. Um, one time okay. I got in an accident um, when I was in college and my car was totaled and I was like, oh no, well, we have to have some way to get to school and work and all these things. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time I was living with my boyfriend and he was like, no, we can't share a car for too long because we have opposite schedules, blah, 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 whatever. So we're, we're tight on money and we're trying to figure out what kind of car to purchase me. Um, there is a very small, like chop shop style car sales place a couple of towns over. And there was a little blue vehicle that was purchased with all of the savings that we had without much, um, looking into the car itself. That's probably the worst impulse buy we've ever done because we got down the road and my starter went out. So we thought had to replace the starter at an auto zone and so on and so forth. Everything that could be wrong with a vehicle was going wrong with this vehicle. I took the key out of the ignition and it would still run. I regretted it every day after. <laughs> you bought yourself a lemon there, didn't you, Maria? The lemoniest. The lemoniest. Another thing that Caleb's never tried. That's a cold open, folks. <laughs> Listen to stories from the road. This is Unplugged. OTR on the 10-4 Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Unplugged OTR. I am your host, Marcus, and today we are talking about saving money OTR. Woo! Joining me, as always, uh, she's got a portfolio invested heavily in Dairy Queen and corn. It's Maria. I think those are the two best investments. Fight me. I won't do it. I will be right there with you. In fact, <laughs> going to go have a blizzard, and I'm going to add pennies to your portfolio when I do so. Thank you. Uh, also joining us today, as normal, coming in with the financial health of someone that actually eats salad. Hey, Caleb. Hey there. Yeah, my portfolio is not in corn. I can't eat it. My shit looks disgusting otherwise, but uh, TMI. <laughs> sorry about that. But what did hi, you Marcus. sign up for with this podcast? What, what's up, my favorite Argonian? How you doing? Well, a lot better after you mentioned your shit, but let's get to the interview. <laughs> A very special guest joins us on Unplugged OTR today. You can find him by looking up his book, The Financial Planner for Truckers on Amazon, or heading over to his YouTube page or website, www.chrisleetv. Chris Lee, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, guys. Thank you very much for having me on Unplugged OTR. I really appreciate it. Um, it is a it is an honor. Yes, uh, absolutely. We really appreciate you giving us some time today. I want to start from the top, man. Just get a little bit of your story. How'd you get into trucking? Yeah, yeah. So I got into trucking. I had worked like nine to fives and did that fun stuff, worked in warehouses. On the side, I had a moving company for like a couple of years. And my girlfriend, now my wife, one day she suggested that I get in the truck and, uh, you know, use the money from trucking to fund the trucking, I mean, the moving company. So four years before that, I wanted to get into the truck. And then like I told some family members and they're like, no, you shouldn't do that. It's not what you should do. Like go to school. So I went and I got a certificate in phlebotomy. And then uh, that's in the trash now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to phlebotomists, say that 12 times. But I had something in me that, you know, I like to work with my hands. I like to uh, be physical, you know, and I like to travel. Um, so trucking afforded me that. Um, that's kind of the background. Okay. And what made you write the financial planner for truckers? All right. So, yeah, um, when I got into the industry, I saw like, there were a lot of older men that were driving with that. It kind of like scared me a little bit because I would hear stories about people dying at the wheel. I was like, well, why are they not retired? Why aren't they at home with their feet up because they're working so hard? You'll see guys 70, 80, 90 uh, out here behind the wheel. So I thought that it was due to mismanagement of finances. Now, those guys might have been rich out the a-hole, but Trucking is a lifestyle and it's hard to get off the road, come home and do what. But my that's what I saw was like a, for me, it was a fear of not being able not being able to get out the truck. Um, I always I always say that trucking is a stepping stone for me. So I'm using trucking to go on to the next thing, which has opened a lot of doors with me thinking that way. Um, like you said, with a financial planner and YouTube and things like that. But yeah, it was it was fear. Okay. And so have you found that it's eased your fear at all, kind of developing this financial planner for truckers and, and just learning the industry kind of from the inside out and figuring out a way to circumvent being behind the wheel when you're 70? Um, in some ways, I started to experiment. There was like a lot of talk once I got on the internet um, from like being a uh, internet consumer to being a producer back in 2017. I saw a lot of things, a lot of talk about people wanting to have passive income. That's like everybody's passive income, passive income. Yeah. Like, all right, what's your middle name? Passive income. Like, <laughs> so, so I was like, what the heck is passive income? And I started learning and doing research and you have all day in the truck. Is, you know, that truck lifestyle, it's really what you want to do with it while you're driving. Uh, it is lonely, but I use my time to educate myself uh, in the first couple of years uh, about finances it did afford me to be able to, you know, see kind of what passive income truly was. The creating that book was one of those things that physical product, it's on Amazon. If I say something, people will, might buy it. If I don't say anything, SEO might pick it up and direct people there. So um, I did one thing one time and I get paid more, you know, every time someone buys the book. Yeah. So you said you educated yourself on these finances. So what materials did you use to educate yourself? How did you educate yourself, Chris? For sure. So since I couldn't go to uh, university, I downloaded Audible. Audible was like 
my mentor, you know, it was like my best friend. I didn't have like a whole lot of people to talk to besides my wife. Um, my son was like, you know, seven, eight. So he wants to talk about Spider-Man, which is cool. <laughs> Spider-Man's awesome. But, you know, um, once those conversations, uh, that, that little 30 minutes of conversation is up, you have nine hours and 30 minutes left in your day to play around with. I used it to listen to Audible. Those books that I listened to were like, you know, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, great book. That's Thinking great Grow book. Rich. Uh, and my favorite, I think the one that helped me really change my mindset was uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. I've never, never read, read that, that book. One. What is it? What's it about? Uh, so it's about, so there was, it starts off with two guys. They were best friends and, and they were talking. One guy plays like an instrument and the other guy is a chariot. He builds chariots, right? And they're talking, they're like, hey, he's like, hey, can I borrow some money? And then the guy's like, if I had it, I'd give it to you. And they're talking in this like old and tone and dialect. And he's like, well, if I had the, the, the funds to give to you, my friend, then I'd do it. But I have not a weary <laughs> ball of sweat on my back that I can lend you. <laughs> and that's how they talk. When, once you break it down, I, I promise you, I listened to that book over 20 times. Wow. The guys in the, in the book, he's like, well, you know, we grew up with this guy. Do you, and, and when we were younger, he was just like us. So in, as we're adults, how has he surpassed us in having the things that he wants in life? And we're here stuck asking each other to borrow money and not being able to lend each other money. But he can live his life how he wants to, his children are good his wife has the finest things like so that was kind of a a discussion that they had and then they went on to form like a group of guys who were taught by i guess that rich friend like how he became wealthy and it's like a couple other little stories in between that nice okay. and so did you find those anecdotal stories or those those uh those stories in in that book were like relatable to trucking oh, or yeah. just relatable to you as a person they were definitely relatable to me as a person and a lot of other drivers. Once you do become like a truck driver, a lot of people have never made that type of money in their lives. Going from minimum wage in some cases to making like a couple grand a week, uh, that's a huge change. So trying to understand how to not let your new funds be affected by a new lifestyle. That was a story in the book about that. Like I said, it, it really affects drivers and people who upgrade their life and come upon money. You know, they say like the person who wins the lottery, give them a couple of years and they'll be back to mm -hmm. uh, who they were before. That's a mismanagement of funds and not understanding, um, you know, how to allocate those. Absolutely. Speaking of that, like that time frame for you, how long did it take you to get to six figures as a trucker? It took me the first year. Um, I don't recommend like what I did because six figures in trucking isn't a lot. Six figures period in life is not a lot. Um, some people think that it is. What I did was I leased two trucks from the first company I started with, Stevens Transport. I actually got my CDL for free through the workforce of Texas. And then I went and applied to the first job that took me. I got out of CDL school Friday. Stevens Transport called me. I think they called me Friday. They're like, yeah, come to orientation. And it was down the street. It wasn't too far from my house. But like I said, I leased two trucks. I made a, the decision to train drivers. Yeah, the leasing and not train drivers. 
So like you can be just be a regular student, like new driver and get your experience over the road and, you know, go from there. But me, I was looking to open doors. I was looking to uh, take on new opportunities. So I signed up to train new drivers and I was like, okay, the lease program is like running a business. And I was like, well, I've done that with my moving company. Let's try and do this with trucking. At the time in 2017, you don't have a lot of people who are really pushing. Like I said, I had family members who were like, I don't do that. A lot of people don't get into trucking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Before uh, now, you don't get into trucking unless you know someone, your dad, your uncle, you know, your, your aunt, those types of people have to be like around you for you to kind of want to do that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who said he saw a check on the counter and was like, oh, you guys got your tax refund. And they're like, no, that's a trucker check. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm doing, I'm in now. I'm doing the wrong I'm a thing. trucker now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Immediate career exactly. change. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's how I made six figures. I signed up to do a bunch of things. And, you know, I looked up and at the end of the year, there were like six zeros behind my a number. And I was like, I did that. But I was like, like, it was a good feeling. But that's when I realized that I needed more financial education uh, because I didn't have six figures in the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see you see that at the end of the year at the, on your tax return. And that, that let me know, like, OK, I need to make like three hundred thousand dollars a year if I want to see like one hundred thousand in my like in my net. So that's kind of what prompted me to want to create the planner was to budget and see where exactly all my money was going while over the road. That's how that started. Now, can you talk us through just a little bit of what uh, we're going to find in the uh, financial planner for truckers? Like, I'm, I'm, Pretend I'm a new reader. I'm just opening it up for the first time. How would you walk me through it? Yeah. So there's a little introduction of kind of why and how to use the book. I put a map in there with different time zones to save time because our time is money as a truck driver. Mm-hmm. I also included how to manage fuel if you were looking to become like a lease or owner operator while you're a company driver. I think this is a great book if you're looking to become a business owner because you can start to track where that money's being allocated to. So there's that. There's like a, a weekly uh, budget sheet to see kind of where you're allocating your money on a weekly basis. And I think in this one, I'm doing a daily basis, a weekly basis, and a monthly basis on what's coming in and what's going out. So you can reflect on this week, okay, I think I need to spend less of this on the next week or this day I spent this on whatever day. So you can actually see like kind of what's going on. That goes also with, you know, um, the repairs that you can keep track of. Like if you're a company driver, say your truck goes down and the company has to pay for it, keeping track of those uh, instances where that truck is down and you can see that it's going to cost like 500 or $12,000 like for the repair on that truck, then you can understand what, why that money's being spent and where that money's going and actually how much it costs to uh, run a truck uh, as an OTR driver. That's great. So I want to know what's been the most useful part for you then or your favorite part of your book? I would say the fuel, uh, tracking fuel and the depth because, you know, like you understand how much fuel you have. Like you can look at the tank and associate a number towards that. Like, okay, if I'm at a half a tank, then it's going to take X amount to fill my tank up and I have X amount of gallons of fuel left. And I can go this far calculating like uh, what miles I have, the amount of fuel in the tank. I can go this far. I'll be able to stop here. This is where I should probably fuel. 
Um, I was here last week and they had ridiculous fuel prices. So maybe I'll go somewhere different this week. Uh, it just gives you like a, a different understanding. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, fuel is, especially this past year, it's been really expensive. Diesel prices yeah. have <laughs> just skyrocketed a lot over the course of For sure. 2022. Um, and now that we're in 2023, who knows where they're going to end up by the end of the year. Um, but I just wanted to make sure you use the book, right? You're the one, yeah, I do. you're the one mm-hmm. testing it out. And so for all the drivers that are listening, the author is using it on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you are also a six figure trucker. And so for people who might want to get, get to be in those, those shoes or that position, this book would be a great place to start. And where can drivers find the book? Right. So um, you can go to my website, chrisleetv.com, um, and go to the products page. I have actually like four books that I've created. One is just a notebook with a cool cover. The other one, uh, <laughs> so this is another uh, book that I created. It's called The Logistics Journal for Truckers. This one I use a, a, like a lot more because it's more of a daily use and because I can't use a cell phone while, while I'm driving. So this is like the finance side. That's the green book. The red book you'll see on my website is called the Logistics Journal for Truckers. So with this one, I'm writing down every load and from all the load information I'm getting from my dispatcher. So they'll send it on the Qualcomm. And while I'm driving, the Qualcomm is not responsive. It doesn't work, which is good because I'm supposed to be paying attention to the road. But with this, it's like sits in the dashboard or right next to me and my dog. And it has all the bills, all the numbers for the uh, shippers, all the contacts. It runs down um, with all the information. So the date I picked the load up, the number of miles I had uh, before, like what, when I received the load, the load number, all the address, uh, phone number, commodity, all that good stuff. Because, like I said, I can't use that computer while I'm driving. So I need like a reference or someone calls and they're like, Hey, how much was that load or how many miles is that load? I've already written it all down. I can boom, open the book. All the information is right there. So that's kind of like your, your load Bible there. You seem very organized 100%. with that. I yeah. like that name. That's the load great. Bible. The, the load, load Bible. Bible. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to do something with that. So I'm going to, okay. Uh, you can have it a hundred percent. Actually give me 5% and it's yours. All right. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> we, we opened the show with this. And I wanted to ask you because you seem, uh, very aware of your finances. You seem very organized, like I said, uh, but we opened the show talking about our most, I guess, irresponsible impulsive purchases. Do you have one okay. impulsive purchase in your life that sticks out as like, I spent a lot of money on that. I got nothing out of it, but at the time it felt like the best decision I ever made. Hmm. Probably this Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, good purchase. It's a real. It, it, they're a real time suck, man. They're a great purchase, but man, they'll take yeah. away hours out of the day. I think the Xbox. Okay. Another another piece of evidence that you've like got your ducks in a row and are together as a person because me, I, I can't look at the Xbox as an irresponsible purchase. I've no. just spent too much time <laughs> with it at this point. Yeah. It took me a while to turn it on, but... On the on my downtime, like being able to hang out with my son and play Xbox is cool. Awesome. On the opposite side of your impulsive purchase, do you have like a big goal that you've achieved that you felt really good about putting your money into Ooh. since you started all of this? So, and we're on video, so I guess that's why you guys can see me. But like uh, this oh. uh, camera meant a lot because uh, YouTubers they all create their content. Mm-hmm. I started with. 
I think this laptop, this iMac, this uh, MacBook Pro, sorry. And there's nothing wrong with starting on a MacBook Pro. But looking up to, like, people on YouTube, everyone had a camera and their, like, little uh, tripods and stuff like that. So aspiring to be a YouTuber, that was probably, like, one of, one of the coolest things that I was able to buy. That's really yeah. neat. Um, and what was the what was the model on that camera? I saw Canon. This is a G7X. G7X. Okay. Yep. I've I've almost purchased one of those like two or three different times. I haven't pulled the mm -hmm. trigger, but now that I've got somebody with a legitimate YouTube following showing me that that's what they're using, I think that I yeah. think it's finally time. I actually I've probably used it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I used it to vlog like this monster truck show with me and my son. We went to go see the monster trucks at the Dallas Cowboy Stadium. But I would recommend, you know, get two batteries so that you never, yep. uh, you can always use it and uh, it never dies. My phone is my main source of using uh, like filming content because it's like always in your hand. It's quick. And I think like if I were to make another big purchase, it'd be an iPhone with like, at least a terabyte or two uh, worth of memory. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. you know, Caleb is a photographer himself. He's got some uh, just yeah. exquisite Polaroids that you would be really awesome. excited to look at, I'm sure. Oh, really? Okay. I actually am a videographer. <laughs> I have a Canon camera that's up in the cabinet above me right now. And For so, sure. Huge Canon guy. Um, oh, but Marcus. I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned the Xbox as your worst purchase, or and I don't think of it as that bad a purchase, but what's the largest... Mm -hmm financial pitfall you see a lot of drivers falling into truck stop food truck stop yep. food okay i hear that Caleb yeah. fell into that trap because we pushed <laughs> it into it but <laughs> yeah he's not even a trucker and he fell into yeah. that trap so yeah how do you what are you like passing the ta or someone on the way to work and like yeah i want to spend an extra five dollars on something i can pay two dollars that's for. right that's exactly <laughs> that's what, what it is though seriously yeah the the crew here um chris has sent me out to a couple truck stops in the past and right on. i've gotten food there a few times but it is expensive to purchase snacks or any sort of food from the truck stop that's the largest pitfall you see i read something though that said are you a vegan are you a vegan chris yeah 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 I'm, i've been vegan since i started trucking man that's a whole nother story if you want me to tell it like the, the same year I started trucking, I went vegan. Okay. I'll go ahead and let you know. Like, look, yeah. I see it in your face. I want to know about it because <laughs> those two don't go hand in hand usually. So I want to know about it. Not at all. And I get so much flack for it from like, <laughs> I formed like trucker groups and communities because guys like uh, from YouTube, you know, they'll reach out and like some people I'm just like super cool with just from, you know what I'm saying, talking about trucking on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, so shout out to my, my trucker homies. But um, Stevens Transport, they're a refrigerated company, um, and they haul, like, a lot of produce. So I would go to, like, different slaughterhouses with my trainer, like, uh, pig, cows, all the methane gas. You smell all that. The worst one, I wasn't even at a slaughterhouse. We were on the highway driving, and I'm just, like, I get this, like, rancid smell that's just, like, crawling up my nose and just mm. carving out just memories of the, the grossest things I've had to encounter in my life and i'm like what is that and he's like oh that's a chicken truck and i'm like not the chicken, not and, then, the chicken. and he's like <laughs> he's like uh yeah it's a chicken truck so i look and i glance and like um there's like a chicken truck and they're all feathers flying everywhere they're bald and they're dropping feces all over the highway and it just smells horrible and i'm like i'd already tried to do vegetarian i came in the industry like just out of just experimenting 
I guess I was just trying new things at the time, like trying a new career, trying to be a vegetarian for a while and see what they were doing. Um, but that day I was like, all right, I'm never eating meat again. Oh, that's what did it for you. That was it. And you were able to just quit cold turkey like that. You never went back and had a burger or anything. Ha ha ha, Marcus. Cold turkey. Okay. Cold chicken. Right. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I got you. That was good. So in the first like couple months, yeah, because my trainer, he liked to eat. Like this man, like you couldn't tell from looking at him, but he, he like he knew where all the good, if, like the truck stops with the good food if we're at somewhere. Like he had the whole country like mapped out to what he wanted to do. And that was kind of a thing that I, I like took from, that was one of the great things he taught me was like, don't just be in that truck, like go enjoy yourself. We'd go to Florida, we'd go to California and he would, he always had something to do, but he wouldn't take me. So I'd have to go find something to do for like to entertain myself. Um, so we would go to like the tiger truck stop out there in Louisiana on 10 and he'd order all this food. And I'd be like, yo, what is going on? He'd order catfish, gumbo. And I'd be like, I want to try some <laughs> of that. I'm like trying to move on to veganism. I guess that was like my last hoorah with everything. Like he, we'd go to Cracker Barrel and I'd be like, let me get turkey sausage. And I'd slip up and be like, wait, did I just eat turkey <laughs> sausage? No. What's going on? And he'd start laughing because <laughs> he'd sit there and watch me do it. And wouldn't say anything. I tried to kind of go back uh, with like fish, like the pescatarian and stuff like that. But it all made me feel weird. And I knew like if I really dove deeper into it, that it would kind of not, it would have negative effects in the like first couple rounds of eating red meat or anything like that. So I just was like, I don't want to do that to myself. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt. Like if I, if I do it, if I take a bite of some, you know, fried chicken or whatever, a burger or my, I want to take a bite of my son loves pepperoni pizza. He just he'll just sit there and like, ah, dad, I'm, <laughs> like, and I'm like, you're lucky that I don't eat the same food as you because you wouldn't be, you know, what I'm saying, oh, you wouldn't eat anything if I could go back and just take another bite of pepperoni pizza. I would, but if I did it today, it would be agony, pure agony. Yeah, hmm. I'll take plenty of bites for you. Yeah, I did it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts so good, Chris. Thank it you hurts so, much. so good. You said it hurts so good. <laughs> For sure. Oh, and my, my guys, my trucker guys, they're like, yeah, uh, they'll like send pictures of their food. Oh. Like they go and they really eat. And I'm like, yo, I know like what looks good. And I'm like, dang, that looks, I, I'm, so, I'm mad I never tried oxtails. Like, hey, <laughs> oxtails delicious. Oh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pile on never here, but oxtails. Yeah, I, be, I believe you. I've never had it either, Chris. I've never had the tail, but I've had tongue. Yeah, yeah tongue's wow. great too. Never even had and that. I sent Caleb a picture of a Caesar salad the other day. He didn't talk to me for three days, so. Yeah, I, I hate salad. I, I really don't think I could be, a, I don't think I could be vegan, honestly, no, Chris. you could not be. <laughs> but is eating vegan, is it more expensive to eat like vegan? Let's see. I don't think that it is and i probably would have never gone vegan if i knew like if we're there was no much like there was if there was like the whole push for like free range food you know it wasn't like that in 2017 i don't think we had gotten there yet the costs associated with it you know i it, it was really hard at first because i would eat like just french fries because i didn't know what the hell i was doing yeah um so I started looking like a potato. And now I'm the potato guy in the group. I love potatoes. Yeah, that's that's my kind okay, of veganism right there. We can, we can right be there. friends. We, we can, can be friends. friends. Yeah, we can be friends. French fries. I can probably make potatoes in a hundred different ways and not 
yeah but um, we'll have to talk later as, as far as um as far as like being expensive uh grabbing a salad you know pre-made foods I'll, I'll get like canned soup i used to have like a lot of canned soup in the truck i don't think it was like as far as ex- you know i don't think it was expensive more expensive than okay just trying to figure out how to get full was the issue. I feel like a lot of times the people that the the reason they find more expensive uh, or find it to be more expensive to be vegan or vegetarian is because they shift a lot of times and start going to like fancier supermarkets because those places kind mm-hmm. of cater a little bit to the vegan and vegetarian. But it's like For sure. you can still get yeah. all of that stuff at your normal grocery or at least most of it at your normal grocery store and not pay the markup just to say that you went to Whole Foods. You know, the difference with me is I don't like all that like made up meat you know oh, yeah. i'm not looking to go and substitute you know what I'm saying, with something i was trying right. to get away from i'll try it but I'll, i'm not like a huge fan of the stuff i'll try it definitely for content purposes but um i'm not gonna like just keep trying to figure out like how can i replace fish how can i replace that juicy hamburger like just go eat yeah the hamburger. i got you yeah we'll we'll try stuff for content purposes too so you're not alone there yeah, caleb will well, i will we yeah make caleb try everything for us he's been volunteered yeah. see I'm, this is one of the best parts about living all the way out here in oregon is it, caleb and maria are close right to each other uh, they can't get to me out here unless they buy a plane ticket so yeah. they can't make me do any of that shit but content you're talking about a passive income as well earlier i want to mm-hmm. know because investments are also a passive income um can you just walk us through do you invest and what are you invested in so that was also part of the journey was experimenting with like what to invest in and like what would be passive income um one of the things that i figured out like kind of was passive that i was doing was spending money with cash back credit cards okay and just letting that pile up um I'm just doing something I'm normally doing. And then there's like 500 bucks just sitting there. Yeah. Like, hey, this is yours. So that was cool. Another thing that I did uh, was create more uh, e-products and more like physical products. I tried to, I've done t-shirts. I want to get back into doing t-shirts. I have some cool ideas with that. Affiliates. uh, Affiliates is one, I think. And YouTube was a huge part of that. YouTube started paying me a couple of years ago. That's awesome. And I really like, yeah, I really like that because I would make a video and it was, it's, it'll sit there for years. And like some of the videos have 50,000 views and the channel has like wow over a quarter million views. And that's just from posting my journey and trucking, talking about my uh, financial uh, journey as well. Um, the vegan journey and having a family and going through the trucker woes, the ups and downs. That's awesome. Those investments in your career. And then do you have like investments also? Like, do you try to invest in the stock market or like a Roth IRA or 401k? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the first things I did was download like those investment apps, like Betterment, Mm -hmm. uh, Acorns. I have M1 Finance. I have Stash. Like those were like the big ones that I like started with. Like, cause you can do that on a small scale and it's called like, uh, like you buy a fraction of the yeah, stock, buy a fraction you don't of the have stock. to buy. Yeah. You don't have to buy the whole stock, which was very cool. Allowing you to buy a fraction of shares. That's what it is. Fractional shares. So I'd always wanted to invest in the stock market, uh, like I, in high school, but there was like, I feel like barriers to entry, you don't have to kind of have a broker and things like that, but they made it really simple. So um, I downloaded those apps. I started investing like five bucks here, 10 bucks there. Um, I looked 
yesterday, I think in the five years, my lowest account had like 300 and my highest account before the stock plunged, I had like 1500. Yeah. Wow. 1500. So just kind of multiplying those uh, or just kind of building those upon one another is how you can, you know, you might not have just one of them that's overflowing with cash at the seams, but you got a bunch of little ones that are sitting there and they're growing over time. That's, that's a great investment strategy. Right. That was the first step like into that passive income. Then, like I said, I learned about the books. I learned about real estate. I learned about, you know, credit cards. And I was like, okay, that's passive income. Like that's actually where I don't have to do anything uh, because I feel like people misconstrue like the term, like passive income, like trucking is passive income. Trucking, you always have to do something. Like mm-hmm. if someone calls you, there's a tire out and you're the boss. You, you might get that phone call. If you're a driver has a fatal accident, you're going to get a phone call. And that becomes real active. And it's not passive. You're right. And passive income, it takes a lot of work to get to passive income. It sounds like you've diversified and done a ton of research, put a lot of your energy and time into everything that you do. Mm -hmm. So your passive income is well earned. I do appreciate that. Thank you. I don't don't look at it like that. I still have a lot of rubber to burn, but I Well, that's probably one of the keys to your to your whole enterprise here is your mindset, Chris. You're a very positive person. You're very organized, but it seems like you just talking to you, it seems like you're at the beginning of your journey and we look at it and we're like, damn, you've done so much, but you still seem like you have a lot left to do. Oh yeah. (laughs) Lots tons. Hey, that's an awesome entrepreneurial spirit right there. Um, Definitely. And so I wanna ask you one last question because we wanna hold you accountable. What are your future goals then, Chris? Uh, so my future goals are to, I want to just be a full-time content creator. Okay. I've seen what the internet can do for people. I've seen what YouTube can do for people who are consistent, who have a goal, who have a plan, and who have something that they can stand behind. Um, I think I have those things. I just don't think that I've had the, like, I guess... It's like imposter syndrome, right? Y'all, y'all see kind of what's done, and I'm just like, eh, like they're they're like, there's so much more to do, right? But I know if I stay on that track and I stay consistent, then I'll get there, and I'll, like, you know, like I said with the camera, like I was a huge uh, accomplishment because I saw other YouTubers doing that. So I'm I'm getting there slowly but surely. If it's a camera or if it's a Bentley <laughs> or anything in between, right? Anything in between. <laughs> So I mean, there. all good goals, all good goals. Yeah. All good goals. Right, right, right. That's awesome. Well, well, Chris, yeah. uh, it's been great talking to you today. I feel smarter uh, having had you on the podcast. So uh, please right tell our listeners every place that they can find you, where you want to direct them, because we want to do everything that we can to help you build your audience as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm trying to put this Xbox to good use. So I started a Twitch stream. I'm on Twitch oh, okay. at uh, Chris Lee TV and the number three. Uh, there was already a gamer who had Chris Lee TV. Um, How dare them? Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to put in a, a request. Like, hey, let me get that. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at Chris Lee TV three because same thing. Same guy. Damn it. I ran Man. into him twice. But I won. I think with YouTube, I think I won. Um, in some other places, you know, as the, the author. And if you Google Chris Lee TV, I'm going to be that guy. I'm that guy that's going to pop up. So if you can Google me, you'll see everything that I've kind of done in uh, the past six years. I've had a lot of great opportunities and I'm really happy that I was able to talk to you guys. You know, it really shows that what I've built actually has some 
some type of traction and um you know it's not all for nothing it really does man and thank you you. yeah thank you so much for creating it a and for coming on the podcast we'll definitely be in touch and get you back on in the future all right i appreciate that all right chris have a great day thanks nice meeting you guys thanks chris as well Make sure to go check Chris out at www.chrisleetv.com. Really appreciate having him on the program. Uh, I want to talk to you, Caleb, and you, Maria, about um, maybe some financial, maybe some saving, maybe some investing tips. I don't want to call it advice. We're not telling you to follow our lead here. We're telling you uh, maybe what we do uh, in our life that might have uh, changed the bank account once or twice. I know Caleb mm-hmm. is a giant finance nerd. <laughs> One time I asked Caleb who his favorite uh, president was, and he said, Charles Schwab. That's not a president. That's an investment <laughs> company. So, Caleb, I'll just start out with you. Um, hit me with some of the stuff that you put into practice to try to make yourself more financially healthy. Okay, so again, we are not financial advisors, and so do not take this advice if you don't want to, but... I love finances with my whole heart. I I took a lot of finance classes in college, and I'm not gonna walk any of you through my Excel sheets for budgeting and investment strategies. But damn it, there, I know. I'm sorry. I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. In Marcus's um, eyes. Yeah, if you were, if you want to hear those, we can talk some other time, Marcus. But there are a few things that I'm passionate about that are great ideas for anyone to really do. The first one is actually a free budgeting app, and my friend Jackson uh, put me on this one, and, and the app is called Mint. Um, and this isn't sponsored or anything, but it's a super easy way to connect all your accounts into this app. Did you say Mint? Mint, yep. It's by Intuit TurboTax, and so it's just called Mint. And it's basically just a way to see how your spend is tracking. So I've ha- I have my I have my TD Ameritrade accounts, my uh, savings, my checking accounts, all tied to that. Um, and I can see how much money is going out, what categories the money is going out in, and um, how much is coming in as well. And it's free. It's completely free. I don't know, Marcus, Maria, do you guys have budgeting tools or apps that you, you, you regularly use? No, not necessarily for personal use. I uh, ran an online business for a little while and I just created spreadsheets that did all the calculations for me and I would kind of input. So I guess I'm more of the paper pencil type mm-hmm. than I am the app type. But now that you've mentioned Mint, I feel like that's probably where I'll end up now. <laughs> and and for me, there's something that I've tapped into that neither one of you guys um, have. Well, and, and maybe you have had in the past or, or maybe you're going to in the future, but I got married and it's really cool cool because you can then look at both people. You can take them independently and you can put them up on a pedestal in front of you. You can go, which one of these is going to be better at managing finances? And then you both choose your wife because she's the <laughs> business manager and then yes. she takes care of it. Um, uh, I, I, I plan vacations. I make impulsive purchases. She tells me when not to do both of those things and it works out great. <laughs> Best financial advice ever. Drop the mic. I will probably be the person to be the one budgeting still in my future relationship. So Well, let's just hope that she's the one cooking the meals, Caleb, and everything should be fine. (laughs) You know, uh, if she doesn't use lettuce or anything like that, it will be. But (laughs) she's going to have a challenge cut out for her. She's going to say, Caleb, I used mint. And then you're going to be like, "Ooh, the budgeting app. And she's like, no, it's literally like I chopped it up. It's in your dish. Oh, no, it's too too spicy for me. Um, Too too spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Besides mint, though, um, this second one is actually really not like even financial like financial advice is just use different passwords for your financial accounts 
also turn on two-factor authentication. Losing money due to a password being really poor sucks. Like it sucks Been a lot. There. Um and it's hard to get it back. It, it, so just just change up your passwords. There are a lot of great password keeping apps that are very, very well encrypted these days, but just change up your passwords. Make sure they're not the same as your social medias or anything. My grandparents until last year, they used the same password for every single account. And I about lost my mind when I found that out. And so did my dad, because you were like, are you serious? Because if it's an easy password, people can just get your money just like that. So that's my second piece of advice. Third one being, and I want to hear your takes on this one. I, I like generic stuff. Buy generic stuff when it's good quality, though. There are objects that I know can't be replaced with generic stuff, um, such as uh, paper towels is a big one for me. I can't find a better paper towel than Bounty, um, and so I won't replace with generic towels. Or Kleenex. I'm not going to use a generic Kleenex because they're just like, it's like using tissue paper instead of an actual Kleenex. And toilet paper too. Yes, toilet paper as well. But there are items that you can replace such as like shredded cheese. Like shredded cheese is still about the same quality if you get Kraft or the Kroger brand or frozen fruits and vegetables. I only have one qualm with you there, Caleb. Have you ever had Tillamook shredded cheese? Oh, I've never had that, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's yes. that's selling it so far short. Once you have year. a once you have a bag of Tillamook shredded medium cheddar, you will never you'll find yourself in the cro in like the the generic section laughing at all the idiots that are grabbing the wrong cheese, but you <laughs> won't ever go back. See, you give up another spend and then you spend that extra money you save on Tillamook cheese. I'll send you some cheese, Caleb. I don't know if I've ever seen Tillamook shredded cheese in Omaha, Nebraska, but if I do, I will try to buy it and then maybe I'll never go back. But like frozen fruits and vegetables, they come from the same exact place, usually the same source. And so it's like buy generic of that. Which is why I can't believe that I think I might have beat you at your own game here, Caleb, because the three things that you mentioned, well, tissue paper, I don't buy tissues just for like out of the box. I haven't had those since I had to bring a box in for kindergarten when I was a kid. But what do you use, Mr. Snot Nose over there? Um, I'm with Marcus, though. I use toilet paper if I need to blow my nose. Oh, honestly, like my my uh, my mother-in-law came and stayed the <laughs> night at our house a few weeks ago when we were out of town to watch our dogs. And I came home and there was a box of Kleenex on the table. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. Where did that come from? <laughs> she brought it. But I don't so I don't use the tissue. But in toilet paper no. and paper towels, you guys, Costco their Kirkland generic brand. Kirkland brand mm, yeah. uh, is actually made. Why? How did you know that was coming, Caleb? It's not the same. It really well, isn't. First of all, it's made by the same company. It's printed on the damn bag. I buy one once a month. Oh, it's just like their vodka is made by Grey Goose and their whiskey is made by Crown Royal. Kirkland uh-huh. isn't a brand. Kirkland is a name. Or they are a brand, yeah. but they're not a manufacturer. Right. They outsource everything. They have different patterns on the toilet paper that I don't like. And oh, it just my it God. drives Caleb me crazy. Caleb doesn't like toilet paper bags. Oh my God, Caleb's butt can recognize patterns. We're all so surprised. (laughs) Caleb's butt is educated. Uh, But like, I guess, are there any generic products I wanted to ask you that? Because I mean, I replace like milk and flour with generic like brands. And then I have one that is a staple of mine that I'm not going to tell you yet because I want to hear what are your generic products that you live by, if you have any. Those two, really, I I mean, Kirkland uh, toilet paper and paper towels save me about 40% every time I buy one because you get them in bulk. 
But other than that, I mean, I really don't do generic stuff. I guess, yeah, frozen vegetable, little stuff like that that's ungodly expensive when you buy the name brand. That's yeah. the time that it will. I guess when you said the frozen fruits and vegetables, that is a time. But I'm not one that's going to skimp. Like when I'm sitting there looking at a, a fresh gallon of Tillamook French vanilla, I'm not going to get Kroger French vanilla and think that I'm going to have the same experience. Get right. bent. It's not happening. I'm not I'm not a generic person either. So like I will do generic stuff on the little things like you said. But in general, um, I had a really bad experience with generic pop tarts one time and also generic shredded wheat. Like get out of nope. here with your generic shredded wheat. It was disgusting. Generic pop tarts were disgusting. And I'm not if you love generic pop tarts, good for you because you're saving money. But my my refined palate likes good old name brand pop tarts. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Remember when we ate the MREs? That pop tart that was in my MRE was one of the best pop tarts I've ever had in my entire life. So I, I want speak on to get those again. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think that we could all probably share in this experience when when your parents bought the cereal that you wanted, but they bought you the generic brand. Boo! It was like cocoa balls instead of cocoa puffs and then you tried it and you're like no wonder you didn't call this cocoa puffs this is garbage it's garbage or yeah. like a generic frozen pizza the best one i found though is actually this is like i live by this is kirkland so this is costco kirkland you're great olive oil kirkland olive oil is olive like, oil is so expensive olive oil is really expensive but if you get a, the kirkland brand it's still the same exact stuff and so whether you're following the uh, cutting out the fats like we talked a few episodes ago and you want olive oil uh, for that reason or you just want olive oil in a salad, I don't know why you would be eating salad, but if you want olive oil <laughs> for that, get the Kirkland brand. It's so much more affordable. Um, that is if you have a Costco membership, I guess. True that. Yep, and I do. Um, Another great thing that comes from being married, you both get one and you don't have to wait for that one day to go to the store. Just be like, hey, are you going to be over there? Buy it. You honestly, go brave that war that is Costco see, and I'm going to stay That here. could be a financial tip. That could be a financial tip is to get a Costco membership. I didn't have that down, but it might be a good idea for people who buy in bulk. So keep that in consideration. Um, I have a couple other tips here. My fourth tip is invest young and invest often. Um, whether it's $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever you can do, Roth IRAs, 401ks, just invest the younger the better. Compounding interest is your best friend. I think there's some sort of statistic that says if a 25-year-old who invests $100 a month in a Roth IRA for 40 years and earns 12% annual return, and 12% is a really good annual return, it's usually between 8 and 12. When that person retires, at age 65, their investment will be worth just over $1 million. But if that same person were to start investing $100 per month at the age 35, so 10 years later, they'd only have about $300,000 by the time they reach 65. So you're looking at a $700,000 difference in the amount of money that you have just because you waited 10 years. Wake up, Maria. I know. Sorry, she was. I'm over she here was just like a little tired zoning over there. out. I'm. I'm. It's not a zone out of uninterest. <laughs> it's a zone out of like I'm watching my future flash before my eyes as Caleb's talking about investing <laughs> young as my 20s are escaping me here. I'm like sweating trying to figure out how I start my journey and all of this finance garbage. <laughs> Okay, so that well, mine was actually just I was sleeping from disinterest. Oh. Maria makes you feel a lot better hey, about it. Hey, this is why oh my it's gosh. tough for me, though. This is why it's tough is because I, I think I'm like a lot of people 
this stuff kind of bores me a little bit and it's hard to get excited about. I think if it you is. are excited about like Caleb is, if you're excited about it, look into it and do your research because it will help you. It's just hard for a lot of people. Well, and the return long term is insane. I mean, you think about those numbers that Caleb was just talking about. That in itself is something to get excited about. But most people these days, it's immediate gratification. So not being able to see that money, you're mm -hmm. putting money away. You're not getting anything from it now. It's getting something from it later. Well, Chris mentioned an app, I think, called Betterment or whatever. There are apps out there that do the investing for you. You have to pay a little bit higher of a percentage rate to, to have the apps do it for you. But it's still a great option for those that aren't interested. But even if not, like just open the TD Ameritrade account. It's free and you can invest your money in something that's like an index fund or a mutual fund that's not too shabby. I highly recommend that. The younger, the better. And then my last one, and Chris touched on this a little bit. I I really want to like get you on this. If you If you can pay off your credit card every month and be responsible with it, I encourage you to put almost everything you purchase on the credit cards that you have. Best advice. Um, it's really many good credit cards out there give you some sorts of points or miles or cashback options. Plus, building your credit is necessary for better rates on larger purchases in your future. And this is this probably is not going to surprise any of you, but I research credit cards religiously and could talk your ear off about them for hours. What you really need to know is credit is necessary, and just paying off your balance every month uh, and being weary of your total credit uh, utilization, you could have thousands of dollars in points or whatever that is basically free money for just putting the spend on your credit card. So in preparation for this segment, I thought, what what financial advice can I give other people that has helped me? And um, the one thing I can stand by that's helped me a lot financially is I am really big on clothes. Like I love clothing, but clothing is expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you want anything nice that lasts you any amount of time, you have to kind of shell out a little bit of cash for that. Um, so I became an avid thrifter and I oh. stand by that for housewares, for clothing, all kinds of stuff. I've decorated most of my house in thrifted items or DIY items. I thrift all of my clothing. It comes from secondhand, whether it's online secondhand, Goodwills, Salvation Army. Um, and it's saved me so much money because that is the one thing I do splurge on. Marcus, do you have any tips that like you have for saving or like if you want to buy something high quality, go for it? Like what are your tips, Marcus? Well, first of all, I will say this. I never thought that I could be so much more intrigued by a conversation about thrifting than I am about all the things that Caleb just said. But Maria, I, I, was, I was actually I was actually really invested in that. I'm like, I have a bunch of old things that I could sell and I may not be to a thrift, store, or thrift well, store, but I'm gonna do it. And I'll also tell you, you know, Caleb, yours was very good advice. I'm not, I, I can't sit here and say that it was bad advice at all. What I can tell you is that it's not fun advice and I have <laughs> some fun advice oh, a way no. that you could also Great. invest your money end it with a bang i'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is recommended by anyone but i will tell you you'll have a litany of good stories if you follow my tips okay oh great step number one shut up step number one <laughs> is gambling all right i know that everybody hears gambling and they think well inherently oh, that term great. yeah gambling is the same thing you're doing when you buy stocks okay it's you're gambling on the stock market you're hoping it's going to go up or down and you're betting I mean, on true. which way you think it's going to go you're not okay you're not wrong but 
I know uh, I'm not wrong, and you don't get a chance to talk here. These are my tips. Caleb you just stressed. you can just chew on your cheek there for a minute and listen to what I have to say. Gambling is a lot more fun than the stock market, and if you get in deep enough, you're going to have a great story to tell, a way better story than I bought Doge at 34 cents and I got out after the pump, right? Also, <laughs> people always talk about their bookie being shady, but I've never seen an investment banker be comfortable enough with themselves to wear a sleeveless t-shirt that says, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. So plan accordingly, okay? Because bookies are, as a as just a group of people, they're a lot of fun, all right? You will have a good oh, yeah. time if you meet yourself a bookie. So number one, gamble. Learn a game. I mean, Great. look, blackjack is your... Sports gambling. Sports gambling is... That's... That's tough. A lot of sports sports gamblers are the ones that go deepest into the hole. Now, if you're just a blackjack guy, that's got a very small house edge and you can actually, you can make money over time. I'm not going to tell you how, because that's going to take almost half as long as Caleb's segment. Um, oh, so <laughs> this one I think is going to take you guys by surprise. Okay. Because I did do some research and I, I found a kid on YouTube uh, I watched him trade up from like a paperclip to a Ford Festiva. <gasps> I love uh, those yeah. trade up people. I yep. love those videos. Okay, so I'm going to take his advice and trade worthless garbage for not worthless garbage. I've already purchased 5,000 paperclips, and they say there's a sucker born every minute. By that math, I'll have a fleet of Ford Festivas by March, and you can there tune you back in, and uh, we'll talk about what yeah. I'm going to do with those. I'll either you know, start a racing league with them, maybe a crash them up derby, <laughs> sell tickets. There's plenty of ways that I can turn my investment into a little bit more uh, money. And this third one, Maria, you'll know it for sure. Caleb, I'm not sure if you're a Seinfeld fan. I can't remember. But there's a there's a plot to a Seinfeld episode where Kramer and Newman uh, decide that they are going to take cans that are worth only five cents in the state of New York, and they're going to get to Michigan where they can get a 10 cent deposit back. Now, oh, yeah. Maria... Caleb, you guys both, if I'm not mistaken, come from states that don't have deposits on cans. Is this true? True. Couldn't be. I couldn't even tell you, man. I couldn't yeah, tell you. They, they don't because I looked it up. I told you I did my research. <laughs> true. You guys just throw your aluminum away or recycle it. Here in Oregon, where I'm from, and also in Michigan, every one of those cans that we take back, they give us 10 cents for. I can then load that 10 cents onto a card and take it to my local supermarket where I get 20% more for it. Okay? So... This is not a plot for me because I already live in one of the best states in the union that gives me 10 cents for every can. You guys need to be able to get to Michigan for under about 500 bucks. My, I can do it. My short math here is that you guys uh -uh. could pack both of your rigs full of cans and bottles. You could drive to Michigan. You could roll over the investment. If you can find an electric vehicle, you guys can get there for free. This is all <laughs> profit. You're welcome. I expect uh, a 20% um, cut. Uh, how did that go with um, Newman and Kramer? Just me asking. Uh, it was actually fine until Jerry's mechanic stole his car, which had John F. Kennedy's golf clubs <laughs> in the back of it, at which point they went on a road trip chasing this guy through Ohio rather than driving straight to golf Michigan. Golf clubs were flying. And uh, also, Kramer had to kick Newman's fat ass out of the rig because they, were running to, they weren't running lean enough. If you No one made correctly. it out. It worked, it worked really well is what you're saying. Also, you said you lived in one of the best states in the union, but you have Portland, so I think that's insane. Um, I, feel I said the best state in the union because they return me 10 cents of every can. That should give you an insight into how we do other things in this state. I'm excited about a dime. Don't come here. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're, you're all crazy. Seriously, follow my advice. Don't follow Marcus's. 
says the guy that runs screaming from a salad. Let us know what your financial <laughs> advice and tips are. Say hi dot chat slash OTR. For Maria and Caleb, I'm Marcus. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unplugged OTR. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Unplugged OTR. Remember to tell us your stories at sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Again, that's sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Or find us on social media channels. If you want to hear more about driving jobs at H&M, find them at hmtrucking.com or on Facebook. Tune in next time and keep the shiny side up, drivers.